0: Welcome to Paper Team, a podcast about television writing and becoming a TV writer. I'm Alex Friedman, a.k.a. TV Calling. And I'm Nick, a.k.a. Mr. X. <laughs> and, uh, on, you can find me on Twitter at underscore Andrew Watson. <laughs> and today we're going to talk about being a good production assistant. What is the job of all the different kinds of production assistants
1: and what you can do to be an awesome PA. <laughs> So this is something near and dear to our hearts. We have both spent many years as a PA, for me, maybe four or five years now. Uh, If you take this route, uh, be prepared to put in that time and really pay your dues. Don't expect to become a staff writer or even a writer's assistant like after a year. Um, A lot of people ask, like, how old do I have to be to PA? Like, am I too old? There's no upper or lower age limit. I've seen 18 year olds and I've seen 35 to 40 year olds. As long as you don't have like a family to support and a mortgage to pay off, so you can actually kind of do those long hours and that pay, you can be a PA. Anyone can be a PA. Uh, You don't need to have gone to film school. And it's also not the only way into the industry or becoming a writer, but it's a pretty direct and a pretty common one. Yeah, it's probably even better than going to film school and paying uh, thousands of, hundreds of thousands of dollars of uh, debt. But first, let's talk about what the different kinds of PAs are. And first off, a uh, set PA. So I spend a lot of time as a set PA, particularly up in Vancouver and Canada. Just a basic outlining of your responsibilities. Mainly, you stand around trying not to die of boredom. Uh, <laughs> they call that a lockup. Uh, they basically put you in a place uh, to guard it, um, to keep an eye on kind of like cruise equipment, equipment you know, to keep people off of the set who aren't meant to be there and all that kind of thing. It's basically a professional way of like, uh, if I'm in a coffee shop and I'm like, hold on, just going to
0: bathroom real quick. Can you watch my uh,
1: laptop for a second? (laughs) Yeah. It's actually just like a cheaper way to not have to pay for professional security guards, to be honest. (laughs) So the other key aspect, what you do is calling the roles, not rolling calls, but calling (laughs) the roles. What that means is when, uh, the AD, uh says they're about to shoot and he calls rolling which he calls rolling uh you need to echo that out every pa is going to yell that out so everyone on set knows that they are rolling now because every other crew member is on a different walkie channel and they're not going to hear it like the watchers on the wall (laughs) yeah (laughs) like lighting the beacons (laughs) (laughs) uh, in like lord of the rings and they're like neat they just summon the the go (laughs) yeah uh so and then while you're rolling you need to keep the rest of the crew quiet because as i said they might not know that they're rolling because they're busy trying to set up the lights and, and move stuff around uh the grips will be your worst enemy because these guy's going to have to drop things and make a lot of noise. Anyway, so you also listen to the, the walkie talkie. Um, you should respond when you're called on and provide information about like where people are or what's happening. Um, you do a lot of setting up and moving stuff like tents if it's raining, um, plywood if you, they need to put that over the ground if it's kind of wet and stuff. Uh, garbage cans and bags are a big thing of your job. You're often sweeping up a lot of garbage. You're putting out traffic cones when you're working on the road and just kind of cleaning up after people. Uh, they are long days. Days. It's usually a 12 hour minimum. That's the camera day. And then you're usually there a little bit before that and a little bit after it to set up and clean up. 12 hours is pretty standard in the States. In Vancouver, it's a little bit more. Usually your minimum day is kind of like 15 for a PA. Um, I've worked 18 to 20, 21 hour days sometimes when they go over time. Um, you also need to be able to brave the elements. I call it free survival training. Um, you, you kind of have to ask permission from people to go and pee or eat because you're leaving your lockup that you need to be there for. So my days as a PA have ranged from sitting quietly with a book in a chair for twelve hours while I'm supervising, you know, other crew who are wrapping out of a location, to standing in the back of a, a cool studio listening to music and watching cheerleaders get photos taken, mm-hmm. uh, to spending all night in an abandoned mental asylum, literally watching the doors in case the old patients came back. Are you sure uh, that was then for fun?
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sure, that was for yeah.
1: That's just a hobby of mine, really. I'm glad they paid me for it, uh, and also spending twenty-one hours in a horse farm somewhere in british columbia in the torrential rain the ground was entirely mud and giant puddles like honestly we couldn't drive vans through them they were like lakes uh putting down and pulling up sheets of plywood so that crew could roll their equipment over it and generally being cold and miserable sounds like the prequel to uh, tropic thunder (laughs) (laughs) pretty much Uh, one other thing to note about being a set pa is that is like the most generalist position there are pa jobs within each department as well that you can kind of that's almost a promotion again so costume PAs there are art department PAs there are camera PAs all that kind of thing but usually those jobs are for people who really actually do want to get into that department and become uh, a camera operator or a costumer or something like that if you're being a writer it's not going to service you quite as much to make your way further into the set world you want to be working your way up towards the office and the writer's room that kind of thing um so aside from being a set PA uh the The flip side of that is being an office PA or a writer's PA.
0: Yeah, I mean those are more the <laughs> they're a cushy version of the the gig. Uh, it's much more of a traditional kind of like assistant uh, type task. Some may consider them menial, but they're necessary. Um, so things like getting lunch orders or making coffee for the office, uh, making runs and handling petty cash, uh, office purchases. That means you know stocking the kitchen, the pantry. On the production side, you're also going to be making uh, copies of scripts, uh, revision pages, schedules shooting schedules, call sheets, and you are going to be the one in charge of distributing those documents to the right people. That means including, you know, printing everything on
1: the right colored pages, you know, like blue, pink, yellow, green, and so on. Three hole or not three hole. -hole There's so many things that you got to figure out in terms of office stationery that you never thought you would have to know. (laughs) Um, So yeah, as Alex said, it's a little bit cushier compared to a set PA. Uh, I would say if your interest is in being someone like a director or an AD or another crew member, then a set PA is is a great job to get that experience but honestly if you want to be a writer often being an office PA um, or a writer's PA in particular is is a better kind of position to be in um, because you do get a little bit more time uh, a little bit more free time to perhaps tap away on your laptop and write Um, you're not standing out in the cold in the dark somewhere (laughs) um also you get a, a good opportunity to kind of like read the scripts and see the process of production f- coming out of the writer's office and all that kind of thing. Um, uh, you can go to the toilet whenever you want, you can <laughs> uh, eat whenever you want most of the time. Um, You're sitting down at a computer, even on hiatus that you can have fabled nine to five days if there's not shooting happening. I know, right? Like you're just sitting there looking after the the office or getting lunch for accounting or something like that. Um, And writer's PA is almost like a step up from office PA because um, not only are there a few less duties, you're sometimes often just getting coffee and lunches for them, keeping their kitchen stocked, doing any runs they need you to do, and the rest of the time you can sit in the writer's room and actually listen to them breaking the stories and stuff. So it's, it's, it's a step up towards being a writer and being provided to a writer's assistant from there. Definitely has perks.
0: And then, then you have the uh, post-PAs. Post-PAs are, there's kind of two sides to that job. Uh, one is more, you know, the, the more traditional uh, office PA assistant duties that we just mentioned, like furnishing the kitchen, petty cash, meals, helping people out, printing out call sheets uh, for reference. And, and so on then there's the more like post specific duties and the, the big one that comes to mind is deliveries um, basically with each episode uh, there's going to be multiple cuts or versions uh, of them um, that will be edited and created, and then you'll be in charge of like burning the DVDs or like spreading them uh, either online or in other means. Uh, and so those are you know editor's cut, director's cut, producer's cut, VFX cut, network's cut, final cut, and so on. And leaking them to people, right? Le- <laughs> yeah, you can go on torrents, and then uh, <laughs> don't um, do that. Uh, please don't. But basically, with each one of them, you're going to be creating the distribution method, and then you're going to be delivering it to uh, all the individual involved in various decisions. Uh, so that it could be like producers, network, executive producer level, writers, showrunners, and so on. Uh, and so what that means on like the PA level is that on top of your traditional day routine of your nine to five or whatever it is during the office, You'll also be expecting to make many runs and deliveries across the city. And that usually happens at night after the day is over and uh, after the cuts are like all edited and burned and ready to go. And so what that means on the production side is you, you basically have no fixed schedule. You're always on call because you are the one that's going to be the most dependent on every other department. You'll always be waiting for like the to be done, for example, or um, the editing or whatever it is. And so that also translates to very long hours, especially if you're working on pilots or uh, network shows. It can be up to like 50 to 60 hours a week uh, and even
1: uh, weekends on call, especially uh, as I said during pilot season. Yeah, whenever I was there super late in the production office waiting for them to wrap, uh, the post PA would always be there hanging out with me. And he's like, oh, yeah, my night's just starting. Like, you know. uh yeah i mean it's kind of brutal um i mean on
0: my side i was uh, easily making like you know a dozen stops across the entirety of la uh and la is a big city so you know it's like two dvds in like studio city like well, let's drive to santa monica then hollywood then miracle mile but now that pokemon go exists post pa <laughs> might be a highly coveted it, position It could be uh although th- does pokemon go work well i would not recommend <laughs> doing pokemon go while driving that's true uh, but once you get out maybe once we can you can find out. rare pokemon out maybe basically you you may have like a director in glendale and then producers at universal and so on um so there was a sci-fi show i worked on for example that needed VFX approval for creatures from uh, Steven Spielberg himself. Who? Who? I don't know. Who's that guy? uh, sounds like a nobody. I'm I'm just like name dropping uh, somewhere. (laughs) Yeah, this guy is. Yeah, my mate Steve. (laughs) My Uh, mate, as I call him, Steve. And so usually the the routine would be, you know, I would be delivering the cuts to uh, to and Morrison Amblin at Universal. Uh, There was a point where it was late in the production schedule and we needed like uh, approval from him for uh, VFX uh, as soon as possible. And the thing is, this was the middle of the night, uh, so obviously the DreamWorks offices were closed, and I couldn't just like deliver a DVD and then you know have it make its way to Stephen, as I call him, Steve. So basically, yes, yes. So I basically had to drive all the way to his house, which is in Pacific Palisades, all the way on the west side, with just like a DVD of a VFX cut. And I got met by, you know, not by him, but uh, by guards and security behind like this like gigantic wall. I'm not going to describe it too much in case there's like random stalkers listening to this. (laughs) You do have that mileage obviously
1: reimbursed. I think that's the same with like any kind of like PA gig. Yeah, sometimes as an office PA, you're required to run scripts out to cost if there are last minute revisions and stuff. Sometimes they have messenger services that will do that for you. It depends on the show.
0: Also, if you're lucky in other office spa gigs you you may have your lunch bought for if you are part of that whole like lunch order on the post side maybe it's because some of my shows the uh, network was a little bit stingy <laughs> but uh <laughs> i pretty much never had dinner i mean lunch definitely not but dinner rarely if ever bought only if my like nights run into like 10 p.m in the office or something
1: yeah that's one of the uh kind of like advantages that other people don't think about is you're almost earning more money because as like an office and that kind of thing you have often your breakfast and your lunch and stuff bought for you if you stay late enough you might get your dinner bought for you as well so compare that money you would have been spending and it's almost like working an extra three yeah. hours in the day or something the mileage money is pretty good too depending oh, yeah. on, on the rate so it's like being like a, a poor an even more poorly paid uber <laughs> driver <laughs> right exactly, yeah <laughs> So the other kind of assistance uh, on top of all of these ones is uh, someone who would directly assists someone like a director or a producer or a cast member. If you're doing that in features, you will start out in uh, prep in an office. So it's kind of like you're being an office BA for a little bit. And then the rest of it is going to be shooting uh, either in a studio or on location. And in TV, uh, you're always going to rotate between prep and shoot as each episode comes up. So there are usually no director's assistants in TV because directors change over so often unless they're also an EP and they do a lot of the directing. I know on The Muppets, one of our EPs directed every episode up until episode 9 or 10 in a row. It was a fairly hectic schedule, but that is not usual. (laughs) So he had an an assistant. But so, yeah, in TV, you're going to spend maybe 50% of your time kind of being like an office PA and 50% of your time kind of being like a set PA. And then in features, it's more like 25% in the office, 75% on the set. So while um, office PAs and other PAs will serve the entire production office or crew, um, doing whoever needs what as, uh, you know, an assistant. To these people, your focus will only be on that person. Their priorities and their needs come above everyone else, but you'll often be collaborating with other key people. If you're a showrunner's assistant, you're going to be talking to the line producer a lot and helping them out on certain things, but uh, your focus is always on just that person. You need to make sure they have up-to-date schedules, call sheets, and information. Uh, you need to make sure they've eaten. People get very busy. They forget these things. So bringing them meals, coffee, snacks, water, particularly if they're on set in the middle of you know shooting. Sometimes you need to take care of personal tasks for them outside of the job um, so they can focus on their work. Essentially, you just need to be on call to do whatever is asked of you. Um, You might need to schedule their appointments and meetings, travel, um, you need to take their calls, their emails. Um, do personal things for them. Like I said, there's a lot of fixing their IT <laughs> problems. I recommend you te- you know iPhones and Macs well, yeah. um, because that's so common. It's it's kind of like the closest thing to being a, a desk, you know, executive assistant in the industry, which we'll probably do another episode on later. So it's a little less repetitive and mind numbing than being a set PA, but not quite as cushy and low intensity as being an office or writer's PA. But the flip side of that is there's much more opportunity to learn hands on what a director or a producer does, like ask some questions and learn a lot. When I was a director's assistant, I was given a lot of kind of creative or creative adjacent tasks like script research, Um, finding reference images for scenes for him, putting up kind of like visual image boards, um, reading books that explored the movie's themes and, and summarizing them to him in case he could use that and add it to the script. Um, so any of these above the line people, particularly the cast, are typically also very generous if you do a good job. On this movie we were on, Octavia Butler tipped my friend $100 just for like fixing the TV at her house. I think all he did was plug it in and turn it on. Another friend of mine uh, was assisting Ryan Reynolds and he gave her like a $1,000 bonus at the end of the shoot. So
0: Damn. Yeah.
1: Um, and my director who I work for is also a great guy. He took me out to dinner at the most expensive restaurant in Vancouver as so a thank you. And it was wow. incredible. Yeah. So uh,
0: on one of my shows at the PA, we, we were lucky enough to get taken out to uh, Mordens steakhouse which is like one of the priciest uh but uh, oh, delicious
1: nice. Uh, steakhouses in town. Yeah, that is one of the benefits of working in production is they like to reward their crew. So there will be crew gifts every season usually. Um, Mm -hmm. The classic one is a crew jacket which has the name of the show on it and it's like a really comfy, usually quite expensive jacket for everyone. Um, There are like, you know, things like water bottles, just like little unique customized gifts that are kind of cool. I think I got like even around Christmas, uh, speaking of like
0: generous like actors Mm -hmm. and actresses, uh, the leads of one of my shows gave to the whole cast and crew uh,
1: blankets that uh, uh, like yeah. Merry Christmas, blah, blah blah, with the name of the show was uh, yeah.
0: on it. Uh, Shemar
1: Moore from Criminal Minds uh, gave the crew all uh, iPhone cases with um, like yeah. a picture of him on it. <laughs> 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 he had a good sense of humor. <laughs> How Sorry. many of them uh, do you think uh, have that case on their phone right now? Uh, I have twenty of them. In her- no, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I usually like do like uh, an eBay thing where like hey, <laughs> some people s- did that.
1: But anyway, also productions will put on rap parties for the end of the season, and they often have like free drinks and food at them, mm-hmm. and it's a really fun night. And they can do seasonal stuff too, like a Christmas party or um, anything like that.
0: Yeah, on uh, on how wheels common showed up and like did like some music cool yeah. performance and the on the rap cool. party. All right, and now that uh, we've looked at what kinds of PA jobs you may want to get, uh, let's look at how you would be getting them. First way of getting a PA job is by simply cold calling offices, and that works. One of the ways to get that information is through what is called below the line listings uh, that list all the uh, shows in either production or development at uh, different networks and uh, production companies. Uh, now, the one thing to know about that is when you send out your resume, either through fax or by email... Uh, Sometimes they
1: make you fax it. It's a way to yeah. like, stop you from doing it, but don't be deterred.
0: Yeah, just get like an e-fax kind of thing. But always address the production coordinator, not the producer's assistant or whatever other names are on it. And it would also only apply to really shows that are actively in either filming pre-production production and pilots uh, not ones that are in like active
1: development or hiatus yeah they're nowhere near assembling a production office at that point so yeah the way that i first got uh, jobs when i moved down to l.a I, uh, literally just subscribed to one of those below the line websites. I think it costs like $15 a month, but I only really needed it for a month. So I sent my resume out to every comedy show that had an email listed because I particularly wanted to be getting experience in comedy. Um, I got maybe three interviews from that. I probably sent it out to like over 200 shows to be perfectly honest. Um, and then, if there weren't emails listed, I would call the production officers and just very politely and briefly ask if they have uh, an email that I could send a resume to if they're looking for people. Um, you know, don't pitch yourself to them over <laughs> the phone because it's just going to be an office PA and they have absolutely no influence over who gets hired. So, in the key times of the year to be doing this, uh, around May is when most production officers will staff up for full series and they'll be looking to recruit their office PAs and things like that. Um, a little bit earlier in March and April is when most pilots are shooting. So, you can, there's a a lot of work going on there because there's so many different pilots, but it's not a guaranteed long-term gig. It's about a month of work. And uh, if the show gets picked up, they might bring you along. Um, there are generally no writer's rooms for pilots. So you can't get a writer's assistant job that way. But what you do is get in as an office PA or something else, and then try to move across once it goes to series. Um, but honestly, just send stuff in at any time of the year. People always leave unexpectedly. Maybe they get fired. Uh, I got my job on the Muppets because someone decided to go back to college and that position opened up. In the what, of the season. Uh, what did that person go back to study? Uh, film, I think. Film. Wow. yeah. Uh, Interesting. And then I got another job because someone left to go to a pilot. And so that position opened up. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. There's constant uh, shuffling in, the, in this industry
0: and another way of finding about those jobs is through boards uh, whether those are Facebook boards or tracking boards as we said in like another episode you know you can go on like tracking board or like even like I think entertainment careers occasionally has
1: uh, PA gigs but yeah there's ways online of like finding about those gigs the most common way that you're gonna get these gigs is through friends yeah Um, you know there's that whole thing about oh Hollywood's driven by nepotism everything is the whole world is Um, what (laughs) so don't be discouraged by that just use the tip that we gave in the previous episodes about meeting people and networking and then when they hear about things coming up you will have the opportunity to apply for it usually someone's not going to get the job just because they know someone but you'll get the opportunity to interview for it or put your resume for in. sure i mean we we keep saying you know put yourself out there put yourself out there and
0: i remember i was at comic con one year of years ago where um i had organized this kind of like writer's meetup mixer thing and there were like other aspiring writers there, and there was one person who was a coordinator on a show, and she like looked at my uh, name tag. You, you get like name tags at Comic Con, like name badges, mm-hmm. and on it there was like my Twitter handle, uh, which in case you don't know at this point is that TV calling. And she pointed at me and she was like, "Wait, are you TV calling?" I'm like, "Yeah." Do I know you? <laughs> and she was like, "Yeah,
1: I love your blog, and, and so on." So we hit it off, and basically a month later, she uh, got me a gig on her show. So nice. One more thing to note is usually once you get in, you will tend to stay in. Once shows wrap for the season, all the crews splinter off and go to maybe a dozen different shows. And so then suddenly you know that many people at that many different shows and you can reach out to them and be like, hey, do they need any PAs? Can I interview for something on, on your new show? In terms of who you should be contacting or getting to know who will hear about those opportunities and be able to make the hiring decisions. Uh, If you want to be a set PA, it's really good to get to know the ADs, particularly the first AD, but the second and third is fine as well um, because they are the ones who decide to bring how many people they need on the day and all that kind of thing. Uh, And they can bring you in for a day or they could bring you in for the entire show. It really just depends. Um, Aside from the ADs get to know the key PAs, the ones who are experienced and have been there the longest. And they often like bring their friends in if they need more people. Um, And also the UPM, the unit production manager, who is kind of like the boss of the production side, just below the line producer, but above the production coordinator. You can also be referred by um, studio executives and that kind of thing. We'll go into that more later.
0: Yeah, and then on the office, uh, office PA side, you can uh, follow, you know, production coordinator or their assistant, the APOC, uh, or the UPM uh, producers, writers, runners, um, even associate producer, more on the post side, or uh, post producers and supervisors. But the bottom line is always, you know, keep building on what you worked on before and the steps that you took
1: prior to that. <laughs> Let's delve right into what to do and what not to do on the job.
0: Yeah, do or do not, there's no try, as uh, Yoda <laughs> once said. So first, let, let's look at kind of like the duties. There are a couple like rules of things you should be doing and other things you should not. Uh, so one thing is always keep records. Receipts in this business and in that position are vital. You got to keep track of everything, especially whether uh, those things are things you're delivering or things you're paying for, because your job may depend on it. I do have a story on that where in uh, one of my jobs, I was delivering, you know, tapes for a sound mix. And a couple of days after I delivered a bunch of tapes, their sound studio called the office saying, we never received like this tape. Uh, Where did it go? And everybody started freaking out. Oh, boy. They're going to deliver that episode with no sound. Yeah, they're, they're
1: going to deliver it
0: with no sound. Yeah, Charlie Chaplin. homage. Uh, oh, boy. So everybody started freaking out. There was like a whole like inquisition into what happened. Like, obviously, I myself like turned my car upside down, uh, inside out, I should say, just in case uh, somehow it had like slipped under a seat or something. <laughs> but it hadn't. In fact, I actually had a receipt and the signature of the person at the sound studio whom I signed it to just to prove that I was I was innocent. Don't, don't fire me, guys. <laughs> and it turned out that it was actually one of the people at the sound place who had like mixed the tape up uh, with some other state tape. I think
1: they kind of wanted to like put the blame on somebody else and they want to acknowledge it, but uh, it oh, was kind yeah. of like crazy. No, receipts are also important whether you're using petty cash or uh, what they call a P-card, um, which is just kind of like a credit card for the production. You always need to keep the receipt, tape it down on some paper and hand it in to the coordinator or the accounting department so that they can kind of keep track of all that stuff and, and, re- and refund it or pay it off. The next thing that's common to a lot of these PA jobs is doing lunch order or even coffee runs. So you want to make sure uh, you know exactly how they were ordered by everyone. Take detailed notes when they're being written down yeah. or if someone has written it on the menu and you don't quite understand it, ask them for clarification then and there. Um, you know, if someone doesn't want tomatoes on their their stuff, when you get to the restaurant double check there are no tomatoes in that sandwich at the restaurant Um, yeah do not wait till you get back they open up and they're like what's the deal with this there's tomatoes on here and you've got to drive back again that is the worst case scenario actually the worst case scenario is you don't check and then somebody dies of like tomato (laughs) (laughs) tomato poisoning (laughs) yeah uh that is true but um essentially i've done this literally every day on all of those jobs and restaurants will forget things 80 90 percent of the time i'm telling you and the larger the order the more likely it will happen if you're getting for the entire production office like 30 40 people 10 of those orders are going to be wrong in some way or they're going to forget something um so make sure you have like a list that you've brought and check off absolutely everything as it comes out and label things that is really important as well make sure you label it with like people's names um anything else that might be relevant to that the the specialty that you know, th- requests that they've ordered can you get like a, a pizza but uh hold the bread <laughs> <laughs> You will get strange requests and you will have to accommodate them. Like be smart about things. Like one of the things that comes up a lot is if people want uh, something with like ice in it or something that's kind of like quite cold and it's like a burning hot day, a lot of the time you have to get like a separate cup of ice and then a separate Mm -hmm. thing and then put it in together so it doesn't all melt and go over the place. Like You need to be creative and think on your feet.
0: Yeah, and then on that note, you should never assume anything. uh, Especially as the the season progresses, you're going to kind of fall into this routine, uh, maybe with your schedule or the orders or whatever it is. But don't just assume that everything's going to (laughs) go according to plan. As I said, in in post, you get to like deliver a lot of stuff. And so maybe for like five episodes, you're going to be delivering cuts at like 9 p.m. every Monday. So that means theoretically that by let's say 10 p.m. you're going to be free to socialize with people but still don't book like a concert ticket at 10 p.m. for like
1: episode six at any moment you know schedule can just go to hell yeah i've missed like a dinner on my own birthday because of this so just you know don't ever assume that you'll be getting off at a certain time Another thing that you probably shouldn't do is be at least visibly watching TV or YouTube or Facebook <laughs> or on your phone, whether you're a set PA or whether you're a, um, an office PA. Or play or play Pokemon Go. <laughs> yeah, that too. Now, um, certainly having your headphones in so that you can't hear like the phones or if people need you to help them, that kind of thing looks really bad. Uh, at least it look, it look like you could be doing work. So maybe it's okay to be on Facebook if your computer is kind of like faced away and it looks like maybe you're reading a script <laughs> or something, but just be smart about it. If you run out of stuff to do, it will look good if you get up and tidy or restock the kitchen, making sure that yeah. that's always kind of like clean and nice. People really appreciate making that. Making a new cup of coffee. Yeah, uh, exactly. A new pot of coffee. Um, getting on top of the filing, if there's some, some of that to do. And another thing that I really like to do was just to read the scripts. There's always a big bend of the current scripts and maybe the next episodes, like rough draft. So if you read those and keep on top of the revisions and stuff, it really does help to know what they're shooting, if problems arise or questions come up, all that kind of thing. A lot of people in the more busy positions don't have time to read the revisions so someone Mm. might ask you like hey what did they change from this script to that and if you can tell them you're going to be in their good books and now that we've looked at
0: kind of like things to do on your job let's look at your overall attitude you know like a poochie right (laughs) i want attitude i want a dog with an attitude it's a shameless simpsons reference but uh no we we're going to talk about a dog here right
1: (laughs) well well Uh, some things to note about attitude don't be kind of petty and unwilling to do menial tasks like cleaning or anything like that hopefully you're not in one of the jobs where you have to like clean the toilets they have cleaners and stuff for that but you know if someone asked you to don't turn up your nose and be like oh that's below me nothing is below you you're a PA it is the bottom of the room you
0: you are the (laughs) (laughs) you are below everyone
1: (laughs) also try to go out of your way to help other departments and crew when you can but don't neglect your own duties to do that don't be running off to like uh, hold the writers coffee for them if you're meant to be bradding scripts for your production coordinator because that's going <laughs> to not put you in anyone's good books also take initiative if you anticipate there's going to be a problem or you see something in the script that you know they're not going to have the you know the right vehicles on that day or there's a clash somewhere or literally anything that could come up you know, do something about it or tell someone, like bring it up to your production coordinator, they might have missed something or anything like that. If you can do that, uh, people will appreciate it. Yeah, if you see something, say something, please.
0: (laughs) And also try not to be that guy that was like, oh, when can I go home? And then just like constantly looking at your watch, uh, when do we wrap? Everybody in that show is in the same boat. Just be happy until your job is done. And in fact, as a PA, uh, from my experience, it will almost always be the last one and or the first one in the office. At least stay until your immediate supervisor tells you to leave. Because if you don't, then that looks really bad.
1: Yeah, if you're getting up right at like 6 o'clock on the dot or whatever, and the supervisor's still there working away, and if you come in every night and be like, can I go now? Like, that's going to give him a really bad impression of you. Awkward. (laughs) So the next level of that is really just trying to go above and beyond do things that aren't necessarily outlined in your duties that people will appreciate. So uh, one little thing that I did just for fun, really, it's as it started off was um, on holidays. The first one was Halloween and the next one was Christmas. I made we all had kind of like name tags outside of our offices. And so what I did, there was this big stack of like cardboard and I could print onto it. So I started making, um, funny name tags for the crew. I would make puns about the, you know, all the Halloween stuff. So I give people like spooky Halloween names, um, or Christmas puns and all that kind of thing. And I would put them up, um, on everyone's offices, and so when they came in the next day, they all had their regular <laughs> name tag, and they had like a spooky Halloween name, and people loved it. They thought it was. of like the the Simpsons version of that. That's where I got the inspiration uh, from was the Treehouse so of Horror. And funnily enough, our will share I had written uh, one of my favorite episodes, the, sh- the shinning one uh, of the Treehouse of Horror. So I made sure that I put one up for did him. You put, as well. Did he put the same one he had on that show? <laughs> I looked it up, but no, I went for something new. All right, don't try to like favor one department or the other if you're like only doing it for the writers and not for the rest of the crew. That might look bad. Uh, I had people. People coming to me and asking for, for more of them because they didn't get them. Mm-hmm. It's just like some random person down on the stage and set deck was like, I want one of those. Or, oh, nice. You know, but what it did was when I put it up for the writers, they in particular really appreciated it. They wanted to know who had made them. When I dropped off their, their lunch one day, uh, they were like, oh, wow, you did those? They were really funny. And, you know, I got to know people and they like realized that I was like a funny guy. And that's awesome because they're all professional comedy writers. So it's, it gets you in the good books. It's awesome. Yeah, my, on one of my shows we did, we organized
0: kind of like a secret Santa gift next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that was really cool because you do get to know hopefully the person uh, whom you're gifting to so that like makes you get
1: to know other people and one of the other things I did our writer's PA was actually sick for a couple of days so they didn't have anyone really helping them out there um, so what I did was volunteer to fill in for him um, while still doing my office PA job I wasn't just like oh bye guys see I'm going to be the writer's PA for two days I did both jobs at once uh, without really being asked to um, so I stepped in and I went and did like their their kitchen runs, stocked up their kitchen for them. And while I was putting stuff away, I noticed it was kind of all over the place. You know, no offense to their their <laughs> PA, but uh I took the time to actually reorganize all of their cabinets so that they could find everything. Uh and they noticed that and they really appreciated that, like to the level where I think the showrunner's assistant was like, Do you think we could get Nick to be the writer's <laughs> PA now? And I was like, <laughs> uh, I also at one point uh took the time to organize our UPM's folders and documents. Um, because, you know, he's so busy running around trying to do things, uh, stuff was kind of all over the place and he had this like overflowing inbox. So I'm like, all right, I can find the time to at least like paperclip all of the schedules together and do all of this and label them for him so that he can figure it out. And, uh, he came in as I was doing that and like... Saw it, and he was like, "I've got this other show coming up soon. I'm definitely gonna bring you along because you know you're looking after me and you're helping me out." So
0: just because you have a job now uh, doesn't mean you should isolate yourself in terms of not having a social life, especially with that crazy schedule. Uh, now is actually a perfect time for you to increase that social life and make new friends and know everybody and uh, ramp up that
1: uh, networking that you're gonna do. Yeah, forget about sleep. That yeah, will not happen for you. You're a, gonna sleep when you're dead ever again. Uh, but I, yeah, I took the time to organize drinks for. All of the assistants, so all of the office PAs, all of the the PAs from the different departments, and the showrunner's assistant, writer's assistants, and we all went out and got drinks one night, and all got to know each other better. You don't often get a lot of time to chat when you're busy doing your jobs, so um, that was awesome. And a lot of those people are now really good friends of mine. Uh, one thing I also recommend you do is always stay abreast of any relevant information, particularly people's whereabouts, uh, know where your UPM is, your line producer, the director, uh, even cast members if you've seen them wandering around the office, um, because people, particularly. The The ADs will want to know where they are constantly. You might have like a walkie up in the office and if someone's like, where's the director? And you realize that he walked past you and went to his office five minutes ago, no one else might know that. So you could be like, hey, he's up here and then they'll send someone up to get him and they, they really appreciate that.
0: And now that we've looked at ways to go above and beyond, as a PA, you may also have a few opportunities that you may or may not know about. Um, So let's look at ways of uh, making the most out of them. The first one is if you want to be a writer, which I'm assuming you want to be if you're listening to this, read scripts you'll almost always get access to like scripts especially you know rewrites and variations of episodes now is the time again to like use them and study them you have access to this wealth of information even like outlines and beat sheets kind of like the nitty gritty of what TV writing is about and you can learn a lot about the process and like the changes and the notes that may have been given uh, without you even being in the room obviously because you don't necessarily have access to those
1: yeah I was actually lucky enough that I got to sit in on a meeting of all of the Muppet performers while they were giving notes on the latest draft of the script because um the ep who was also a performer his assistant was out for the day or something so i just sat down there with my laptop and took notes as they talked and it was really fascinating to get you know the guy who plays kermit the frog's input on who kermit is as a character and why this script suits him or not so little Mm -hmm. things like that when they literally someone walked into the office and was like hey we need someone to take notes who wants to do it the other two office PAs, who apparently both wanted to be writers were like, uh, And I'm like, really? Uh, sure, really? I'll do it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and and you can actually talk about like this idea of like meeting celebrities and getting pictures.
1: Like, what about the Muppets? Do you take uh, pictures of the Muppets? I you know, I realized the other day that I never got around to getting a picture with the Muppets uh, myself, and I'm really regretting that. And I'm gonna have to see if I can find some of my friends from the Muppets studio and, and get them to give me a picture. But um, they also have actually very strict rules about how and who can take pictures of Muppets. There's then not allowed to take pictures of quote-unquote dead Muppets. Oh. You need to have a uh, a Muppet performer operating the Muppet while you get the photo, and then it needs to be framed in a very particular way so that you cannot see the performer right. because they're trying to maintain their brand and the illusion that these are real creatures. The, ilu- and- the illusion, Michael. It's <laughs> is what a whore does for money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we did have celebrities come in every week. Um, we would have musical guests, and we would have other people and that kind of thing. We had like Dave Grohl, Jack White, um, Reese Witherspoon, all those kind of people. So um, once again, while I didn't personally want to go down and get photos with people, uh, some of our other assistants and stuff did. Um, our producer's assistant was a big fan of RuPaul and he came in, so he went hmm. down and like summoned up the nerve to ask him for a photo. And as long as you do that respectfully and with the permission of everyone that you need permission from, whether it's the ADs or the producer, uh, maybe um, the cast's assistant or something like that, then it's okay. But whatever you do, don't just, especially if like you're a set PA, don't just run up to the cast member while they're like taking a break and be like, Hey, can I get a photo with you without ever having checked? With yeah. I
0: feel like it's only okay if your immediate supervisor is doing it or like your bosses are doing it, then I guess you can join in on the fun. But otherwise it's not something I would be proactive about. And and when, and if you meet them, like just don't be a creep. But uh, there was a time when, um, there was a time where I had to really drive last minute. One of the actresses from our show, from like LAX all the way to a uh, recording booth on the other side of town for ADR since like production network didn't have a budget to like, get a car and like at that time uber didn't really like it existed but it wasn't as mainstream as it is now and so it was an hour and a half a two-hour drive across town it was fun but it could have been like super awkward it was just like me and like an actress next to me and my honda fan yeah. over there
1: just like driving i was constantly ending up in the elevator in that building at the walt disney lot with celebrities just <laughs> randomly i was like because we were on the fifth floor in the office the the changing rooms and like the, the green rooms for them were on the third floor and then we we're always you know headed down to the ground floor so every time i would get in the fifth floor hit ground be on my phone not looking the door would open i'd go to walk out and i'd like nearly walk into joseph gordon levitt because wow. he was going in from the third floor and so you know there are times where you're like literally stuck in an elevator with these celebrities who you might you know respect or love or whatever and that you just need to play it cool and treat them like another normal human being we had- which they are exactly <laughs> that's the thing you need to realize uh key from key and peel was in an elevator with me nice. and that was the funniest 30 seconds of my life i swear to god that guy's brilliant Another really important thing is to actually just let people know what you want to do. I'm not saying you need to like scream it from the rooftops. Like the first day you get in be like, hey, I want to be a writer. Can, I, can you help me be a writer? Don't do that. But if people ask, particularly when you're talking about, you know, where, where have you come from? What have you studied? All that kind of thing. Don't be afraid to make it clear that, hey, I really want to be a writer one day. Um, and then they might offer you opportunities like filling in for the writers' as PAs or sitting in and listening on the room. One of our, um, the showrunner's assistant on Criminal Minds was really lovely. And she came over and said, Hey, I know a few of you guys want to be writers. So next season, if any of you want to just sit in the room for a day and listen, we would love you to come along So
0: the lesson to be learned here is you want to be a tv writer so that means you're passionate about writing for television and so that means you're passionate about working in television so Mm -hmm. show that passion in your work and the
1: medium you are in yeah even if the job you're doing is not your end goal or what you want to do or it might be menial you're still here getting to be part of a tv show and making television which is exciting yeah dude you you worked on the muppets man how awesome is that So once your job comes to an end and in production, they all do, they are maybe going for three or four, five, six months of the year on a season, it will wrap and you, a lot of the time you don't know whether you're coming back for a season yet whether you're going to get renewed so it's important to keep that ball rolling and always be on the lookout for uh, opportunities and stuff so while you're there make friends try to make friends with the writers if you want to be a writer with the celebrities respectfully maybe if you're I was often copying scripts in the writer's uh, kitchen and the writers would come in and grab a coffee and I would just say a quick hello and you know I got to chat to a couple of them and became closer friends with them other ones you didn't really get as much of an opportunity and I didn't want to push that
0: even if you're working not- on Other departments, uh, you can still have that access and post. Especially, it's it's fairly common for a lot of TV shows to have their post office, not USPS, (laughs) their post (laughs) production (laughs) office, in the same building as the writers' room. And so, it it shouldn't be relatively easy to kind of befriend some of the people from that side, even just like the writers' assistant, whatever, because you're gonna be constantly
1: interacting with them, and not just writers, but make friends with you know the directors or ads, the producers, any of the crew. Sometimes the cost as long as it's respectful and appropriate
0: as we keep saying you know it's not about people's value to your career it's more about making friends and like understanding who's around you and occasionally you can that can lead to a lateral move uh so like from postal writer's assistant Uh, but it all depends on your life uh on my on my side i was a bit unlucky in the sense that the the writer's room uh on my shows were literally in completely different buildings and parts of town from uh where the post office was so it was harder to mingle but usually again as i said in
1: post it's uh, more often than not in the same building production, it's very often the case that once you get in, you stay in if you're doing a good job and if people like you. The crew is going to go off to different jobs. So even if this was your first job, you now know people on a bunch of different shows who can tell you if opportunities come up. Um, One thing that I found really valuable, if you make runs to the studio, like if you're dropping off uh, production reports and that kind of thing to uh, the current executive uh, and their assistant, Um, that's a really good person to get to know and to be friends with. Because that executive oversees maybe half a dozen different shows on that network. And uh, when you're looking for a new job, they can and new shows are coming up, they can actually recommend you for the next one. This is how people become a quote-unquote political hire. If the studio exec is like, hey, we like this PA, can you see if you can get him a job on your thing? You will at the very least get an interview. You're not necessarily going to get the job just because you know someone, but you will get that opportunity. Use the (laughs) loopholes. Now it's time to look at some takeaways. Yeah, so number one, know the different kinds of production assistants, whether they're set, uh, office, writers, post, or directly assisting someone like a producer or showrunner. And then you got to figure out the different avenues of getting into those production
0: uh, jobs or uh, getting PA jobs. Don't be afraid to put yourself out there to do it, because that's
1: kind of like the main way of getting, of going about it. Number three, uh, learn your responsibilities and do them well. Avoid all those common pitfalls that we just told you about.
0: Also, go above and beyond if you want
1: to make a good impression and move up, which I'm sure you do. Lastly, don't let your relationships and connections go cold after the show ends. Uh, do your best to stay in and hopefully you have made like actual friends that you're going to be hanging out with anyway, not just using them as tool to get a new job. And speaking of tool, uh, what are some resources we can give our <laughs> listeners? So uh, there are a couple of good blogs um, that kind of offer a first-hand perspective of what it's like day in, day out being a production assistant. Um, One of the ones that I looked up when I was first trying to figure out what is a PA and what does that mean and what do I have to do is one called um, Needle Girl Haystack World. We'll give you the links in the the resources, but uh, it's basically just a blog with some helpful anecdotes and tips on being a PA, what to expect, what to do, what not to do, kind of like what we were just talking about.
0: Yeah. And then another popular blog is the the Anonymous Production Assistant blog, and that's a blog that gives a lot of useful advice on many different aspects of being a PA, uh, whether that means finding a job, crew calls, job postings. I think they do the UTA job list occasionally, and it's really just kind of like a place for a discussion on
1: what the life of PA is. So that brings us to the end of our episode. Uh, hopefully, you found some of that useful. Um, so thank you so much for listening and taking the time. We would love for you to give us some reviews. Uh, you can go to paperteam.co/itunes. That's .co not.com paperteam.co slash And as always, I'm at TV calling on Twitter. And I'm at underscore NJ Watson. We would love any more feedback, thoughts, opinions, uh, particularly if you have questions about being a PA, anything we didn't cover, uh, shoot that over to ask at paperteam.co. That's A-S-K at paperteam.co. What do we got for him next week, Alex?
0: Next week, I'm headed to uh, San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, oh I know. Uh, although I'm sure by the time you're listening to this, it's already been like a month ago or something. Yeah. And I'll be Probably doing an impromptu under road podcast uh, with our very first guest.
1: Ooh. Uh, all
0: right, and so our very first guest is <laughs> drum roll, uh, our good friend Maggie Herman, who's the assistant to the line producer on the Amazon series Bosch. Ooh, Ooh. <laughs> and we will be talking about every writer's favorite subject: budgeting. Ooh. Ooh how much money does the script you're running actually cost uh this is actually a legitimate question to ask yourself and yeah. uh, we're going to dig deep into that that'll issues. be interesting
1: i don't think i even know that so see you next
0: week bye